We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Last we left you, we were a little despondent, a little frustrated, a little annoyed with the game of baseball. Um, because the Brewers had dropped four of ten, or yeah, dropped six of ten games to the Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Milwaukee Brewers, at their best, are good at baseball. The Chicago Cubs and Pittsburgh Pirates are not good at baseball. That's why we were frustrated. Uh, we left you heading into a two-game series against another team that's good at baseball, the Minnesota Twins, the division leader in the AL Central. And I think we come out of this series kind of getting what we expected. The Brewers went in and and won a game, a game uh, fueled by (laughs) rain delays, and then they lost a tight game where the offense didn't really get things going, uh, even by means of, getting runners on base and getting runners in and they dropped it because they were relying on their bullpen to be perfect. And going to this set against the Minnesota twins, I was expecting a split. They got a split and now that's, it's just kind of roll on with the season and keep rolling. Uh, kind of got what we expected Adam. Uh, so I'm, I'm less, uh, how are you? I'm less, <laughs> I'm less, I'm less sad and, de- uh, I'm less sad and de- down by life. How are you? 
I'm doing good. That was I. You launched right in there, and I was impressed. First of all, uh, no formalities, all business, all business yeah. for Andrew Snyder, which I appreciate. Yeah, uh, up and down two games to go with an up and down couple of months, and a better better performance gets a better team, which is what we're kind of coming to expect. One very good win and another game which could easily be in a win. It can only easily be a win if you get some runs going and the Brewers continue to put a very, very heavy strain on their bullpen. And a lot of the time that works out because the bullpen is phenomenal. But if you keep doing it, keep going back to that well, you're you're going to get caught out occasionally. And that's what happened in the second game of this series. So all in all, against a good team, two-game series, split is fine. I think there's a lot of guys in this team who are ready for a break. Yeah, it it really does um, seem that way. I mean, it's been a, a long, long season, and that's indicative of just the the way baseball is. But this it, it seems to be a, a longer season than most for the Brewers just because of all the injuries they've had to deal with. Um, with that, transitioning, transitioning to talk about game one itself, this was another instance of – one good thing happens, a bad thing has to follow it. Hunter Renfro um, activated off the IL. His calf injury is no more. And Chichi Gonzalez designated for assignment. But upon learning that news, uh, Christian Yelich was scratched from the lineup with uh, some back issues. They're saying it's not the the back issues that he was experiencing in the past. It's a new thing. They seem to be encouraged. I am not encouraged when talking about a back injury to Christian yeah. Yelich. And it's just uh, when it rains at poor situation. Oh, Renfro's back up. Oh. There goes Yelich. Another just we can't uh, have nice things fully. Uh, somebody has to be hurt, which is unfortunate. Uh, game one of the series, I actually actually did not get to see much of except for the end, um, because as I've been dubbed Mr. Events, I went to a concert last night, was trying to watch on my phone. But instead, I got the lovely running commentary from a friend across from me, Adam McGee. Adam, from the outside looking in, only having seen highlights to me, it seemed like typical Jason Alexander start in and out of trouble, rain delays, uh, making the game chaotic, and some incompetence with the level of the rain delays. Is that kind of how the vibe was? Yeah, I think um, Alexander first saw better than some of his recent starts and not made easier for him by the fact that uh, he went through, I think, he, well, I guess he technically went through two rain delays. I think coming out of the third one, um, the Brewers made a pitching change, which is understandable. I think it's fair enough at that point. So not easy conditions or circumstances for him to pitch in. Some very good stuff in there. Much cleaner work really than we've seen. A couple of innings where, yes, he finds trouble, but they managed to get their way out of it. Um, kind of just, you know, tip your hat to him again, though. The kind of performances that more often than not, he has given the Brewers. And we talk about a lot of the frustrations of the past couple of months and the ups and downs that have come with the inconsistent offense and, of course, the absolute just glut of injuries his team has dealt with. Jason Alexander has been a real positive when put in the right position, when put in a position to succeed. Um, he's generally caught up with the goods, and he gives you very solid performances, Weren't getting to quality start in this occasion. Um, only four innings pitched. Could have gone, could have gone deeper into this game. I think if there wasn't the stop start element, so it was probably a good call on Council's part to 
um, not have him kind of uh, heat up, cool down, heat up, cool down. And particularly the last delay was a little bit longer to, to come back in again. Um, but yeah, weird, weird game. Uh, my first experience of rain delays. I mean, obviously the season started later than expected because we had a game uh, postponed against the Cubs. But obviously, Roof and Anfam helps things. Don't have to deal with this too much. Pretty good going all the same, though, to have got almost right up to All-Star before I got my first rain delay. Um, this was a shambles. I couldn't believe how poorly Major League Baseball also handles rain delays. Um, we had a case where the rain was completely torrential and the Twins manager had to come out onto the field to be like, what are we doing? Why Why is this not stopped? They then go, okay, we'll stop it. That delay lasts probably about 20 minutes to come out. They're playing again. A couple of just those kind of hemming and hawing, rain starts, which I get, it's tough to gauge that, but you're seeing the infield get absolutely drenched. I would imagine not ideal, not ideal for footing um, out there. So sometimes they're too slow. Then one time they call the tarp out and it's it's not raining. And 30 seconds later, they're like, no, we don't need the tarp. And then there's struggles to try and roll the tarp back up. And that takes about five minutes. It was an experience, Andrew. I, I don't know what I expected in line with a lot of what I've seen. Um, but it was an experience. And th- honestly, it didn't help probably the flow of the game for the players. So I was impressed by the Brewers pitching. Jason Alexander did a really good job early on. Um, and big, big credit to Jean Gustave for coming in then off the back of that. Super, super quick inning. I'm actually surprised they didn't get him to go two because it was that easy for him in his first. Um, but yeah, I mean, nice kind of strong pitching game particularly from the bullpen that helps you out in a big way and even better couple of couple of multiple run home runs which just too many single shots for this team first half of the season not enough capitalizing when you get on guys on base it feels like they get guys on base a lot but that's not necessarily when the power arrives and we get to see some home runs so to See Kutch get things going early um, with a two-run homer in the first. And then Willie came up with what I believe was a two-run homer in the yep. fifth. And I think Jace had been batted in by Jonathan Davis. That was before or after, but we're right around that. But two-run homers for both Kutch and Willie Damas, very welcome sights. And the kind of thing that it's just it's like, oh, look at the scoreboard. Hey, six tree as opposed to four tree in a tight situation where then your bullpen are really going to feel the heat again. Like if we want to look at game one and game two and what the difference in Brewers wins and when they let one get away from them, it is exactly that. It's timing your offense, taking advantage when you get multiple guys on. Uh, I will say that I'm ready for your first experience at some point with a minor league baseball rain delay. Because oh, wow. in this situation, for the most part, they've got a full-time grounds crew handling the tarp uh, in minor league baseball or collegiate summer league baseball, uh, like I worked at the beginning of my professional career. Some idiot like me is uh, kind of, you know, cooking hot dogs, changing a keg, uh, working a ticket window. and I then... believe it was B.A. on the broadcast. I hope I'm remembering that right. It might, maybe, it was, maybe it was Jeff. 
but I think it was BA and it would check out to um, where him and Rock were talking and he did know that this was something he had to get involved in in his time in the minor leagues. So I, I get that that's very much an all-hands-on-deck effort. Yeah, so I have pulled many a tarp throughout uh, my life. No more, though. Those days are probably over. Um, Love to see the the Kutch home run early early in this game. Uh, after a tough start, I mean, look looking at his numbers, he's he's really turned it around. He had a hot June, uh, decent July. I mean, overall, the slugging is still uh, lacking a little bit, but his OBP is up to 321. He starts to mix in home runs like that, a few more doubles. I mean, he's been exactly what you want out of a out of out of the the veteran like bargain signing in the offseason he's done his job for the most part after that tough start and it's really nice to see and obviously we saw him mic'd up on the on the broadcast in the second game of the series he's just a uh, a great presence and seems to have a great time playing baseball so that was fun to see he, he and Yelich, their their numbers are very nearly identical i'm bringing a lot of the same and you know what that's fine that works if your power hitters can then clean up off the back of that having a couple of guys who are just going to reliably get on base time after time like big deal and really i don't know we always talk with this team you know needing another bat ideally i guess you'd want power but they do also just kind of need a bit more of that guys who are going to reliably get on base i don't know if you had to go one or the other, if you couldn't have it all, what way you'd lean? Do you want someone who's going to take advantage of the opportunities the Brewers already create and fail to? Or would you like just more consistent get guys on base? That's just, you know, not everything has to be a home run. We're just going to kind of work our way around for some runs. That's why I so heavily, and now he's injured, talk myself into Brian Reynolds after talking myself out of it because he is that just all-around hitter. Got a little yeah. power, but he's going to get on base, decent slugging percentage, you know, mid-800s can get his OPS into the 900s depending on the year he's having if he has a year like he did last year and yeah that type of hitter like just an all-around hitter not necessarily a slugger I think is is definitely um what would help um fifth inning of this game is like what what the Brewers can look like when the offense is clicking uh Davis singles home Peterson and then the Adamas homer it's it's about getting base runners on when those power hitters are there like you said and then also stringing together runs that don't have to be on home runs to complement the power. Um, so that fifth inning obviously did well to to kind of put the game, not quite put the game away, but put the Brewers in a comfortable situation. Um, Hobie Milner, obviously, we can't say more about the season he's having another scoreless inning. I got back into this game and was able to watch when Boxberger came in. Boxberger, not as sharp as in this series uh, and definitely not in this inning, allowed a run. And then scoreless innings from Devin Williams and Josh Hader to close things out. Uh, we'll get to haters struggle um, a little bit later, but l- last night was particularly good striking out all three batters he would face and, and securing the six, three win. So uh, banking that in your pocket, going into a day game before a travel day to the West coast. Well done um, by Jason Alexander, the bullpen and uh, the offense there to, to get that one uh, in the bag. Yeah, for sure. I look uh, considering some of the recent games have been more frustrating than than others. Like a good win, a good controlled win against a good team is very satisfying. And when you see one like that, you're like, oh, wouldn't it just be great if the Brewers could be like this just a little bit more often, or really if they could just make some of the games against 
you know, the Pirates and Cubs of the world feel a little bit more like that. That's really all we need. We don't need them to uh, do more of this against the good teams. Um, even I know one of the one of the graphics that popped up in that game is the the Brewers have the second best record in Major League Baseball out of conference or out of league, I should say. Um, so against American League teams, they're doing the business this this year, which they've played some good ones too. So that's that's a testament to uh, a lot of what they're doing. We just, you know, if they can make some of the easier games more stress-free, that's all we're asking. Uh, game two of this series, another YouTube broadcast, a day game, uh, after a night game filled with rain, you don't know what you're going to get in this situation, and that that proved to be the case. This uh, was the Brewers reverting back to playing that stress-filled baseball. Aaron Ashby on the mound against, as I am uh by law required to point out against former Durham Bull Joe Ryan uh, on the mound for the Twins, who's having a really good season after this start. His ERA is down to 299. Really good pitcher for the Twins. Uh, Ashby was solid, if I'm spectacular. Uh, four and a third innings pitched, six hits, three walks. Did have the five strikeouts, but only allowed one run. Uh, he was fighting through his command from time, which is obviously something we, we see with Ashby and a lot of soft contact allowed. Um, just balls that being hit off the end of the bat, uh, jam shots into the outfield, uh, one ground ball base hit to, that Luis Arias could not bear hand, one ground ball base hit that was sort of hit in between Ashby and Arias that nobody could get to. So a lot of bad luck in this outing from Ashby and some walks leads to the pitch count being up at 101. After four and a third innings pitched, uh, the one run allowed. Assist Cel- Celestino, gosh, why am I bad at name? Celestino single to right center, scored Jeffers, and Alex Kriloff made it to third on that. But Trevor got, or no, Ashby was able to get out of that inning, only allowing the one run. I thought that was a, a big spot in the game. There, there was a spot in the game where uh, he struck out, I believe it was Byron Buxton, and then got uh, Carlos Correa to pop out to end an inning. That was uh, a huge part in the game where this could have gone awry early and Ashby was able to get out of the jam. Um, Brewers would get their one run in the third inning, uh, Jace Peterson homer off Joe Ryan. But from there, it's just the offense was not doing it. Four hits on the day, um, just not going to get it done. And the team was 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position, six runners left on base. Uh, Offense just didn't have it, and when – when something like that's happening, you do put a lot of pressure on the bullpen. Uh, Trevor got one and two-thirds innings pitch, two strikeouts, a great bounce-back performance from him. I thought he looked tremendous. Brad Boxberger still struggling a little bit. One hit, two walks, but pitches his way out of a jam. And then what more can we say about Devin Williams? Uh, one inning pitched, two strikeouts, an absolutely nasty 3-2 changeup uh, on one of the strikeouts. I mean – this guy's an all-star pitches of the season, which is saying something. Uh, yes. Um, this guy's an all-star. I think it's just every outing that he throws, it just becomes more and more ridiculous that he's not an all-star. I mean, he's extended his streak of scoreless innings to 25 without a run. I think, uh, I saw a tweet from maybe Sophia Minert that said he'd only allowed four hits since June 1st or something. I mean, the guy's just locked in and one of them just, more fun pitchers to watch just because of the nature of his stuff. I know like you coming to this from a fresher perspective, you, you see the things David Devin Williams can do to a baseball and it's just mind blowing. Yeah. Well, there aren't really a whole bunch of other guys. There's really anyone else doing that. 
Like that's that's the thing for me at this point. I've seen quite a lot of pitchers come true. No one else is doing what Devin Williams is doing with the ball. Like he he is one of one it seems right now, and it is absolutely wild, just straight up absurd to me that there's any scenario where he's not in the all-star game one because look at his numbers look at his recent play like it's it would be him getting in on merit but also if you're major league baseball what are you doing if you don't want that guy pitching in the all-star game like what what is the what could possibly go to your your head i know there are issues here like there are in all all North American sports when it comes to fan voting for these things, and then you get multiple players snubbed who are deserving. So we've already had one replacement um, for Josh Hader um, that is like Rodon's a deserving guy getting in. I know that was one that you were upset about, as in that's a guy who very much deserves it. It's strange though that I uh, continue, and then I will I will answer what happened. Well, it's it's just it's strange that a reliever is coming out, and you're you have maybe the the best reliever who didn't get in is on his team. It seems like a logical thing on all fronts. Like you're you're not doing the Brewers and Brewers fans out of someone in the game, and you're bringing one of the most entertaining pitchers in baseball to the widest possible audience. Like I have no doubt that much like all star games, this is an event. And All Star Weekend generally, you'll you'll catch all kinds of casual fans. Uh, maybe you catch you don't catch people who are just not into baseball at all, who are going to be as mesmerized as they could be by seeing Devin Williams pitch. But you're going to catch a lot of people who don't watch Brewers games regularly, and not having him there, not showing that this is what baseball is now. I think Devin Williams is a player that just kind of he subverts a lot of the ideas of what baseball is from outside of the game. And I think it would be, will be, (laughs) we'll see, a grave error if he doesn't end up at the All-Star game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. I agree 100%. Um, so when that happened, um, because I, I did not know the rules for how the injury replacements are handled when it's a reserve. I knew that if a starter gets injured, then the manager picks somebody from the reserves to start, but I didn't really know how this worked. And so if a player elected reserve player must be replaced, the next in line on the player ballot becomes a reserve unless the leaders of the player ballot have already been accounted for. So I'm guessing Carlos Rodon was just the first name on the top of the list. And so he was automatically selected there. If that, if that's no longer the case, First of all, I don't think that should be the rule. Second of all, um, why is it not classification no for starters and relievers though? Like, why is it not so? Like, they're they're completely because, different things. I know because, in this game the starters are going to be relievers, but that's not like you're failing to give relievers the same opportunity to be rewarded for their play if that's the case, because you're going to have more starters who are going to get people's attention, get votes because people see them more often and for longer spells of games. If not and I think it's off. it's just the the bias against relievers in general um, in baseball. Um, and so if if all of the leaders on the ballot are, are done moving forward and there's an injury replacement, then the manager would be allowed to pick the replacement. And I think if it was a situation where that ballot requirement wasn't there, uh, I think a manager probably probably chooses Devin because he understands the symmetry of, oh, this guy – like baseball – guys you would think just kind of can understand that oh they're losing this guy who's elite oh they've got this other guy who's just as elite elite and probably deserves to be there but obviously because of the, the rules of what has to happen that couldn't happen although they're making it up as they go along because uh rob manfred's putting albert pujos and miguel cabrera in this game as kind of like a legend's exemption <laughs> i'm actually surprised manfred doesn't get involved in the replacement process sooner in an adam silver-esque way where it's just it goes to manfred to decide which is a, always a weird thing in the nba but like if we're honest they generally end up with the right conclusions as a result of that because now, maybe this is where it could differ. I don't think Adam Silver himself personally makes the decision. I'm sure some calls go in, and it seems like those calls generally go to the right places. And the deserving next guy up often gets it. But, yeah, given given what I know of Rob Manfred, I'm surprised he's not more involved in the replacement process. Yeah, so am I. Um, I do want to talk about one inning in particular before talking about how this exited because it has a relevant talking point. Uh much like Rohan Cotty, I am able to jinx things into happening. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about so, milk. Uh, maybe later. Uh, pre-game, uh, Keston Hira was uh, sent to AAA Nashville, uh, replacing – or who replaced him? How do you pronounce his name? Connor Sadzik uh, replaced Keston, uh, Keston to Nashville, Sadzik up. Obviously, with uh, 
the heavy use of the bullpen lately, the Brewers are looking to add another arm to the bullpen. Totally makes sense in from that standpoint, especially, you know, four games in San Francisco, go to the all-star break, get rested up, and then Keston should be back in, in no time. That being said, I, if you're in the Discord, you saw me ranting about why Keston would be sent down during a hot streak. Uh, there's been debates on Brewers Twitter about Keston's stats and whether or not they're real. Got a very high BABIP and a very high strikeout rate. It's very possible this is not sustainable. Fine, but don't cut it off until it gets cut off by its own volition. And I've been ranting about having three catchers on the roster and how that makes no sense. Uh, so I've been talking about, you know, why is Pedro Severino on the roster? In the ninth inning, he comes and makes me look stupid, hits the ground ball double down the left field line. Uh, the double part was aided by the Twins outfielder, uh, I would say. The ball kind of got by him, allowed Pedro to advance. He thought about going for three. That would have that been epic there if you get it. Uh, catcher hitting a triple. Uh, Brasso pinch runs for him. Luis Arias walks, and then Jace Peterson grounds into a double play. And at that point in the game, that's where we got a little worried that the final opportunity uh, had been taken away. But I just want to say, you know, if anyone listening has something that they want me to speak into existence, just let me know. Flood my DMs, and and we'll see what can happen. We need to talk a little bit more about Kessel than that. Uh, I, I don't understand the move. Because I, the one way I would have understood it is if it was really short term and they were just looking at the condition of guys for this game and it was a case of, we don't think we have the bullpen arms we need for this game, so we need to bring someone up. If that was the case, you kind of go, okay. As it turned out, though, Ashby only gave them just over four innings, so you had to go deeper in the bullpen than needed. So Gott gives you the guts of two. Okay, that could have been there for you. Um, Hobie Milner and Brent Suter both went out and warmed up without coming into the game. So even if you were getting blown out, they could have come into it. You could have used box in that kind of scenario if you had to. And ultimately, then you flip it on its head. I mean, Jandal Gustave, as I said, really quick inning last night. Why wouldn't he have been available too? So you put all of that together. And instead, what happens is you get a game where you're kind of, okay, you're having to go just a little bit deeper. You're, you're needing Trevor Gott to go two innings nearly. Um, you've got your A bullpen though because you're trying to win the game and ultimately you don't win the game because you scored one run and you know who may have helped you to score more than one run? Kesson Hero like that has not been the case all season that has been the case lately uh, there are a few situations where you know, could you have just done with one of his homers? for sure, it changes the game could you have done just with anything, any kind of contact? yeah, could have could have been the difference maker and then when you look at a game where, yes, um, it worked out. It worked out what Severino came in the game in terms of him coming up with what could have been a really big double. But you, you end up with a game where you've got three, three catchers making appearances. It's like, what are we doing? What, what is the point of this? What is the end goal with Severino? Is this like, has he put himself in the shop window with that double? Is that, is that it now? <laughs> Can they make a trade? I... I really, I don't get it. And I think with Keston in particular, that's a tough one. Obviously, he's a player they have options left on. And maybe it is something as practical as that. I think you've got to take more care with a player whose development has not been linear in any way. Um, That doesn't just apply to this season. That certainly applies to his career so far. Who has found something. He's showing something good. 
and he's showing something at a point where you need him. Like, you need him. He's been able to play in a few different positions. This is a game, Hunter Renfro comes back yesterday. He wasn't playing today, so your outfield depth isn't even all that great. If anything happened, you kind of be looking around pretty quickly. You've got Jace out in the right field. I, I just, I don't understand this move. I don't understand this move. Even, look, you've got Kutch in left field because Yelly's out. Where have we seen Keston play probably most often of late? Left field. <laughs> you you don't have yeah. to DH a catcher and then bring another catcher into pinch hit if you if you have Keston playing left field and you have Kutch DH. I'm going like full wind horsed because of of these types of things with the three catchers. Because I really is is there are more questions not answered than answered because of this. Because it's are you going to roll with three catchers all season? Are you going to try and – is this putting Severino in the shop window and saying, hey, anyone that needs a catcher, come trade for him? Is it we get to the past the trade deadline and he's finally designated for assignment? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but, again, like you, I would prefer to have the option of putting Keston's bat in the lineup when he's absolutely mashing the ball. And just that wild card of him hitting – a, a random home run when you need it. We've seen it a few times this year already. So we're in agreement there. I did just want to point out my powers of, of uh, magic and being able to inspire a player to uh, a moment of, of greatness just because of uh, my distrust. So it's an, it's an sure. interesting skill. Um, but yeah, it's, it opens up a whole new set of questions too around what happens when Tyrone Taylor comes back. Are they going to uh, send Brasso down? Is that when they finally DFA Severino? Or are they going to send a pitcher down? What are they going to do? Because they, they there's not room for him without a move there. And I, I just, I don't know. Time will tell. There is another inning that I don't think we talked about that we should really mention. I believe it was the seventh with Box in. Where... Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> where there were two uh, very entertaining, memorable defensive plays. Certain Mr. Davis is, I think, committing to the bit and being like, I, I am prepared to almost, you know, kill myself catching catching balls if that's going to get me Master Brew points. Word was that got back to him because he tracked the ball down, made a great catch into, like, the stanchion of the fence, just, like, face first, cap off kutch happily came over shook the cap and he dirt placed it for him a really brilliant brilliant catch and something that i think we probably should give davis some credit for is he's been doing that really well and particularly at a time where outfield is a tough spot not a lot of options there for the brewers he's doing his bit defensively and because of that because of how much i've enjoyed watching him play center field i definitely forgot that He's almost certainly the guy going to Nashville yeah. when Taylor comes back. That that blew over my head because of because of uh, that great play. He also uh, kind of shouldn't be because they still need like having someone who is kind of natural center field as a backup on the roster. Again, makes a lot more sense than having three catchers. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, would, I would tend to agree with you. Uh, I, I would definitely agree with you. And the the uh, the second play of the inning. Uh, I know you're a big fan of as well. I don't know if you've seen a play mm-hmm. quite like that since watching baseball. 
Um, that's a good call. I don't. I don't know if I have. Um, let me think. Bases were loaded. I was trying to think how many guys were on. Bases were loaded because um, the Brewers opted to uh, intentionally walk Reyes. Right, that's who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, intentional walks suck. First and foremost, this will work out. I think this is. I don't like it. You know two things about me as a baseball fan. I don't like giving away outs, and I don't like giving away base runners, so I agree with you. I, you're just – there's also an element of it which just always feels like that's tempting fate. It's like, let's just let's just stand up there, play the game as it is, and get 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 the out. Like, it, It's also – it's just the funny thing about it, which I've come to learn is so much of baseball. It's like, it's just not how baseball works. Like, there's – the logic in it is like – it's both sound and it's completely unsound because we, how many games do we see where it's, you know, it's not the, the absolute kind of dominant power hitter who comes up with the crushing home run or the big hit. It's the most unlikely guy in the roster. Um, we had a Victor Caratini walk off home run like a couple of, couple of weeks ago, like it, that kind of points to it. So there is an element of this, which I just, I don't, I never really like, but anyway, base is loaded. Uh, for intentional walk, um, I can't remember who was at the plate. Jeffers looks like was up and wasn't up next after raising the order. Anyway, ball drilled out to Colton, out past second, split second. Reyes has got a good jump. He's charging his way towards second and Colton is going do I throw where can I get the out with a throw what can I do and instead he decides to just dive just to throw himself onto the base gets there just um but I really enjoyed it I actually thought it was the right decision because in that kind of spot you could you could spend just a little bit too long thinking about okay where am I throwing for the out and then things go wrong. And if things go wrong there, you're in an even worse spot. So yeah, sure. A little bit later and he doesn't get the out and things are things are bad. A run probably scores, but all in all, I liked the decision. And I had a bit of showmanship too. And I also think like if this was another point in the season and that was I don't know, Luis Arias there at second. I don't know if we're seeing that play made. Like that's that's an element where I think Colton's defense still stands out. That's his brain is probably quicker than necessarily his body is in some regards at this point. Yeah, I bet in in that situation, uh, the way they get the out is a strong Luis Arias throw to first. They're just different types of players um, with different skill sets. But that was, yeah, that was an awesome play, um, both by Colton and Davis. And Davis, I'm sorry for forgetting that you might have to go to Nashville, but when you're in Durham, uh, beer's on me. Uh, this game would not have a happy ending, uh, Adam, unfortunately. Josh Hader comes on in a tie game trying to send the game to extra innings. Walk to Jorge Polanco. Max Kepler single. Jose Miranda home run to left field. Uh, the Twins walk it off and win 4-1. to one. I probably uh, walked away, did not get to see the celebrations uh, the Twins were having uh, because I was not thrilled with the outcome. Uh, Josh really just a guy in – in need of a break, I think, and some some time at home with his family, and that's what he's going to get. Uh, as was announced yesterday, that he will not be attending the All Star game because he does wants to want to spend some time at home with his wife and newborn son. And I 
think that's exactly what he should do if that's what he wants to do. Uh, and, you know, just a, a game that, yes, Hader gave up the home run in the ninth and the Twins win 4-1. It's not great to have a bullpen blow games, but it really just comes down to you need to score more than more than one run across nine innings of a baseball game, uh, a day where the bats fall silent, and that was really their undoing. And on Hader, he has had a he's had a few months, like a mentally draining, physically draining few months. Uh, he's a lot going on in his life. He's had obviously a life changing month um, with the the birth of his son, if I remember correctly. And he, yeah, he may not be getting a whole lot of sleep when he's at home right now, and then when he's on the road, I'm guessing he's probably not too pleased to be on the road and missing time with his newborn kids. So. I I think some rests all around, this applies to everyone, but it may apply to him even more. Like when you look at just how immaculate he was to start the season and how that streak was going on and on and becoming something in its own right. Um, what that must have taken out of him mentally and then everything he's gone through in his personal life. It's It's not entirely shocking that the past couple of weeks, I don't think he's had his absolute A game and well-earned time off will hopefully um, allow him to get get back on track for for the second half. Absolutely. So a 1-1 split in Minnesota, two first-place teams face off and each get a game. I think they'll both probably be happy with that result, um, given the quality of the opponent. Uh, Moving on to Master Brewer points for this series. Um, Two-game series is tough because you don't get a lot of opportunity (laughs) to perform. Uh, Jace Peterson, three for six, two walks, two runs, two RBI, um, had the uh, home run today. Andrew McCutcheon, three for eight, two runs, two RBI, the home run yesterday. And then Devin Williams, the man that should be an all-star, two innings pitched, three Ks, one hit, no walks. Uh, Devin's been excellent, 25 innings, uh, scoreless streak. I'm going to be an agent of chaos, Andrew. I think we should give another one out. Okay. I think we should give one to Trevor Gott. Um, This is a two-game series. He's a reliever we generally see for one inning. He gave the best part of two innings, uh, came up with two really crucial outs and inheriting uh, runners from Ashby, did it with minimal fuss, then goes another inning, two strikeouts, no hits, no walks. I, I think in a two-game series, Trevor God is probably deserving of Master Brew Point. I am, yeah, I'm on board with that. And just like I said, Major League Baseball has a reliever bias. Sometimes that can creep into our thinking as well. We don't think about these guys as much but yeah yeah it's easy when he when he basically plays two games worse in a in a shorter series that makes it easier to uh to see that and make the case all right i will run us through the leaderboard then um ready to let's sit in front of 12 corbin burns has 11 jace moving on up there he's right there with christian yach i think again the company jace pearson's keeping on this is a real testament to his season so far. Him and Yelly have nine. Uh, Kutch, Willie, and Hayter on seven. Devin Williams on six. Brandon Woodruff, Luis Arias, Tyron Tyre, Hunter Renfro on five. Then we've got Hobie Milner, Kesson Hera, Eric Lauer, Big Wood himself, who gave a delightful interview on YouTube uh, TV today. Colton Wong, they've all got four. Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander, Aaron Ashby, Freddie Peralta with three. Box, Omar, Hauser, and Gott with two. 
and with a single beer, Jonathan Davis, Luke Barker, Peter Strzelecki. Jonathan Davis, you know, maybe he does end up down in Nashville soon. I will not put it past him pulling off some kind of evil Knievel act to get himself up out of that single beer club and to truly separate himself from some of the kind of the minor league fill-ins we've had this season. Yeah, good call on adding Gott there. And yeah, this podcast is a Jonathan Davis fan club because he puts his body on the line for the team. Moving on, Adam, we've got four games remaining until the All-Star break. It's almost here. It's almost here. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, July 14th, uh, 8.45 Central Start. Car- Corbin Burns versus Carlos Rodon, two All-Stars, two Aces facing off against one another. That's going to be a lot of fun. Friday, July 15th, 9.15 Central Start, Brandon Woodruff against Alex Wood. Saturday, July 16th, 6.15 Central Start on Fox, Eric Lauer versus Alex Cobb. And then Sunday, the final game of the four-game series, the final game before the All-Star break, 3.05 Central Start, Jason Alexander versus Logan Webb. Should be a fun series. The Giants are really scuffling, currently down 3-2 to two, uh, to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are not very good at baseball. Um, G- Giants are now 44-42, and 42, 12 games back of the Dodgers, and they have fallen out of that third wildcard spot as well. Uh, Brewers find themselves 49 and 40 currently one and a half games up on the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals still have to play the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. The Dodgers did not do us any favors last night, um, but they're the best team in the national league. Maybe they'll bounce back and, and uh, you know, give the, uh, give the uh, Brewers some help. Tony Gonsolin on the mound for them. 11 and 0 with a one, six, two ERA this season, a 0.8 whip. Dude's having a crazy year. So hopefully the Cardinals can take a loss and extend that lead back out to two games. By the time everyone listens to this, you will know if the Cardinals <laughs> take a loss or not. But Andrew is Andrew is deeply invested in the moment on Cardinals losses. So yeah, it's a it's sense. a sickness. Um I'll I'll take a series win here and let's get into all-star break more than 10 games above 500. I think that would be really nice and would probably just allow us to just really park a lot of the concerns, a lot of the ups and downs. I'll be like, hey, record's in a good spot, which it should really be one way or another, but I think that would be a nice way to really kind of put an exclamation mark on it, go in the series, uh, get yourself minimum of 11 games above 500 would be what it is if they win the series, right? Um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. I mean, if you want to be more than that, if you want to... Want a sweep? Hey, go do that, but let's go get a series win first. Um, stand drawings. Increasingly tough scene. The gap is widening. The Braves are three and a half games up on the Brewers. Uh, who knows if we see them again in like, are they just going to be off over the horizon and maybe next time we catch sight of them could be a playoff game. Uh, we'll see, but yeah, that's something we'll continue to track up on the Cardinals. That's the main thing. Um, let's keep that solid. Let's hopefully build out that lead. I'm feeling good after a split against a good team and going into a burn start. You can't not feel good going into a day where Corbin Burns is throwing baseballs. Yeah. And that's a matchup that you have been 
excitedly waiting for from when it was originally slated earlier in the season then didn't happen so that should be a fun one i will see it the next day or something because san francisco that's late andrew that's that's late for baseball view i uh i don't really sleep well so i will be watching me too but you know i've got many hours on you at that point already all right i think that does it for us Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's a cruising for a bruising. Um, we're on Twitter at Brewers GSPN. Of course, you should follow the entire Eurostep podcast network. If you follow the main feed for that, you'll get all of your Milwaukee books content. We've got all summer league things covered at the moment. Um, we had all of the, the win and six and Eurostep hosts on together for a crossover today to talk back Conton's extension i was gonna say i believe i don't believe i know we have a plan to commemorate a certain event that happened just about a year ago and that will that will land on the feeds very soon too so maybe you want to you want to catch that but for all your books needs and for more from me and you know what more from andrew sometimes too andrew's andrew's crossing over you'll find him in all sorts of places all kinds of playback rooms uh go follow the Eurostep podcast network gspn.info that's where you'll get your details on everything if you want to get into the discord if you want to make sure you don't miss out on any books or brewers playbacks we will likely have a playback for the all-star game i think that's it's been our plan for a while so we'll work out that one if you want to go to gspnstore.com and support us or any of the other gspn pods by repping us with merch you can do that too and as always if you like what you hear please go leave five star ratings reviews Whatever it is you can, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.